Um, today we are going to start a new series called Here I Am to Worship, and you see the question mark. Now let me explain why we have this title. Um, in this series, we're going to be working through Psalms, but really what we want to talk about is true worship. And, and we're really going to be focusing in the next month um, on worship as we gather as the church. But, but here's the thing. Sometimes I think that we let other things get in the way of us really worshiping God. Sometimes, I'm sure you've experienced this at, Honestly, I have experienced this way too many times in my life where I come into this sanctuary and my expectations and what I'm looking for, just, they're off. And it seems like I, I come into the sanctuary and I go through a worship service, but I miss what the real point is. And that's to truly worship God. And we can be focused on so many other things. And some days it seems like I come in and I leave and I think, did I really come to worship? And so over the next month, we're going to be looking at the Psalms, and, and I want to make sure that we are coming to worship every single week together, and that we're not missing what God has for us. There's lots of distractions, but we are here to worship God. So, so real quick, um, every one of you should have one of these in the seat in front of you. I don't, if you're in the front row, they're in the seat behind you. But on the front of this, you'll see a QR code. And over the next month, as we talk about worship, we are worshiping together as the body of Christ. And so we want you to respond in worship. There's a lot of different ways you can respond in worship. You, as Rick talked about, you can raise your hands. You can kneel at an altar. You can cry. You can sit and pray. You can respond in a lot of ways. But this is one way that we want to ask you to respond over the next month. So if you have a smartphone or a smart device, you can get out your camera and you can point it at this QR code and it'll pop up a little box, you click on it, and it's gonna bring up what's on the back of this paper. And on the back of this paper, there's three simple things that we want you to do in response to worship. The first is adoration. That we wanna adore God, we wanna praise God, so if there is something that God has done in your life or some way that you just wanna praise God, I wanna encourage you to scan that QR code or if you don't have a smart device, you can take this paper and on the back you can write your praises to God. The second thing is transformation, that if God is working, we're gonna be talking about adoration and transformation. If God is working in your heart and changing your life, we want you to tell us what God's doing. Every day during the week, the staff gets together at 10 o'clock and we pray. And we want for the next month to pray for the ways that God is changing your lives and your hearts. And the third thing is just a simple thing that says, I would like somebody to come visit or reach out to me. We want to be there with you. We want to worship together. So if you would take this out and just as we respond in worship... I want you to sing, I want you to put your hands up, I want you to pray, but, but let's worship together, and we want to, not just today, but every day, walk with you in this journey of worship. You can, if you write on these, you can drop them in the drop box in the back, or if you do the QR code, you'll see how to send that to us. Um, but we want to worship together. So today, I talked, about, um, I talked about the future weeks, but today we're talking about expectation, Four weeks of the series, expectation, adoration, transformation, and deputation. 
So expectation today, what we come in to worship with. Listen to me. Before you walk in the doors of the church, it's important that your expectations are in the right place. If your expectations are in the wrong place, you're going to end up in the wrong place. Adoration is praising God. Transformation is that as we worship, God transforms our hearts and continues to make us holy. And deputation is that our worship prepares us to go out and be holy in the world as we continue to worship Him. So today, expectation. Um, I, I, I came across this really funny thing a few years ago. This is silly. I've got, I've got kind of silly humor. But, but on Facebook, you know you can review churches. You can go on Facebook, you can go on Google, and you can leave a review for a church. Well, four or five years ago, somebody went on to a church page. It was somebody from the church. It was one of their young adults, and they were, they were trying to be funny. And they left this review for, for a church in Maysville. Listen to this review. It says, two stars, by the way. It says, probably the worst restaurant in Maysville. This is a church. Probably the worst restaurant in Maysville. I went on a Sunday, which apparently is their busiest time, and I waited over 40 minutes and in my seat and was never approached to have my order taken. 40 minutes, nobody came to take my order. And then they finished with the music and the motivational speaker they brought, brought out were all right, though. So this, I, I know that that's a silly thing, but, but this symbolizes our expectations in worship. If, if you were to go into a church on a Sunday expecting to be at a restaurant, you're going to feel pretty frustrated, right? And I know that we listen to that and we think, oh, that's ridiculous, but let's be honest, sometimes our expectations when we come into church on Sunday morning are not what they should be. Maybe we're expecting to hear a certain kind of music. Maybe we're expecting to hear a certain kind of preaching or we're expecting to be treated a certain way. We have all of these expectations that we bring into the corporate worship service with us and anything that's not focused on God is gonna leave us empty. So expectations, our heart has to be right. We're looking at Psalm 84. It starts by, by just telling us what it is. It's for the director of music. It's according to Giddeth, and it's of the sons of Korah. We're going to come back to this in a minute. It's of the sons of Korah, a psalm. So follow along with me, Psalm 84. We're going to read all 12 verses here. And I want you to hear the expectation in the psalmist's voice in their life. It starts in verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of, of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, 
till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield. Oh God, look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Did you hear some expectation? Did you hear some desire? Some, the, the psalmist yearns, desires, longs to be in the presence of God. Let's just start with this. It, it tells us at the beginning that this is of the sons of Korah. Let me tell you about the sons of Korah. See, Korah had a, had a tough time. Korah, in the days of Moses, led a rebellion against Moses. So against God's chosen servant, Korah led a rebellion of 250 leaders and tried to go against what God was doing and ended up paying for it with his life. But his sons were spared. And so now we see the sons of Korah are coming to worship. They're desiring, they're longing to be in the presence of God. They want to worship. They were a part of the temple. Now, let me, I, I, I share that just to make this point. I think all of us could probably say that worship in the church is not always what it's supposed to be. There are a lot of churches that, that when they come to worship, it's not about the living God. There are a lot of times, let's be honest, when we get our priorities wrong in worship and entire generations can miss it just like Korah. But I want to speak to the young people for a second because what I love about this is that when when one group misses it, it doesn't mean that we all run away from it. It means we step into it and we serve our God. And I love that it's the sons of Korah who failed miserably that come and show us what it is to truly worship. Young people, lead the way. Lead the way. If you've seen a bad example, and I hope you haven't, lead the way for us. The sons of Korah say, we long, we want to worship God. And so it starts there. That's the context. God's grace, God's mercy for the sons of Korah. And they just want to worship. So they start by saying, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I say this all the time. But there is no better place in the world to be than right here, worshiping together right now. I, I don't know if you enjoy being in this room as much as I do, but sometimes during the week, I will just step into this sanctuary, and there is something amazing about this place. Let, let, me, let me make sure you understand, it's not just a room. <laughs> And, and the church and the temple are not just a building, but there's something amazing about God's dwelling place. And, and this symbolizes to me God's dwelling place. We'll talk about that more in a minute. 
But the psalmist says, how lovely is your dwelling place. It's great just to be in the dwelling place. Now, let me ask you a question. If there is a disconnect between what you hear in Psalm 84 and where your heart is on a regular basis, what's the disconnect? Do do you ever, I mean, is this where you are? That your heart and your soul long to be in the presence of God, that you just, you cry out because you've gotta be in the presence of God? Be honest with yourself. Is that where your heart is most of the time, all the time? The psalmist says, my heart is crying out. I want to be in God's dwelling place. I think there's a disconnect for us, and let me tell you why I think there's a disconnect, because I think there's a disconnect between our expectations and worship. I think far too often we expect to come to a worship service and hear good music, and maybe sing along. I think far too often we come to a service and we expect to hear good preaching. We expect to see people and be encouraged, and you hear it all the time. People, when they talk about what's wrong with the church, they don't talk about God. They talk about the worship. They talk about the preaching. They talk about the people that aren't so nice. The problem is their expectation is found in music, preaching, people. Where's the disconnect? Let's look at it. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for what? For the living God. I mean, let's just set this up really clearly. Our expectations in worship, music is great, worship music is great, preaching hopefully is okay, hopefully great. The people are hopefully really good to you and kind and Christ-like, but the number one thing you should walk into worship expecting is to meet the living God. And if you're expecting anything else, you may as well expect to be going to a restaurant The purpose of coming together and worshiping is to meet the living God, and that's our primary focus every day, every week as we come together. We should focus on meeting with the living God. So that's our first expectation in worship. Right now, I just want you to take a second. There's lots of stuff going on in your life. There's lots of things going around in your head. I want you to just take a second And make sure that today the most important thing in your heart is to meet the living God. God is better than anything that I could offer you or we can offer you. God is here. God wants to meet with you. The psalmist goes on. says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. When I was in Tennessee, my dad was the pastor of Grace Church of the Nazarene, and there were 17 acres of land, and the church was on it, and the house was on it that we lived in. And I had this incredible blessing to actually live at the church. 
And so every night I would go over there and play basketball, and I wasn't necessarily going over there to pray or to meet with God. I would go over to to shoot baskets. But you know what happened more often than not? God would show up. And stuff I was struggling with, God would speak to me. And I can't tell you how many times I put a basketball down and met with the living God. I cleaned the church for a while. I actually, I took pride in, um, if you remember, Deb, we had, the, we had carpet up on the platform, and when you vacuumed it, how many of you like to make the V in the carpet when you vacuum? How many of you vacuum? <laughs> we have robots for that now, don't we? <laughs> I used to pride myself on making the platform look really good. I would go through the church, and I would clean it at night, but you know what? How many times did God show up and interrupt my cleaning? Blessed are those that live in the in the dwelling place of God, but let me reframe this for you because it's not about living at the church. It's not about being in the physical church. We are the dwelling place of God, and God can show up whether it's here, whether it's vacuuming, whether it's playing basketball, whether it's in the church building, or whether you're in your car. God shows up to me more when I'm in my car than anywhere else and interrupts. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Let's talk about it. We don't use the word pilgrimage much. Blessed are those whose strength is found in you. Blessed are those who are on a pilgrimage. Let me, two things. Number one, our strength can come from a lot of different places. We can find our strength from what other people think of us, We can find our strength from our success. We can find it from money. We can find it from talent. There are all these places that you can find strength from. I want you to know that if you find your strength in your life in those places, you're going to end up bankrupt. Blessed are those who find strength in God whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Number two, we are all on a pilgrimage. You may not know it, but you are on a journey towards something. Maybe your journey is to achieve something. Maybe your journey is to become a certain thing. Maybe it's to have a certain thing, but we are all on a journey. And what the psalmist says is, blessed are those whose strength is found in God and who are on a pilgrimage to be the people of God, to be holy We're all on a journey somewhere. Blessed are those whose journey leads them to Christ. That their very intentions, this this is a pilgrimage, their very intentions are to go and to worship and to be the holy people of God. Blessed are those. When our hearts are set on Christ, we will live in strength no matter the circumstances. Let me show you how this works in the text. It says they go from strength to strength. Now let me tell you, if your if your focus, if your strength is found in career, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to have a roller coaster experience where you're going to have good days and you're going to be on top of the world and you're going to have bad days and you're going to struggle 
more than you can ever imagine. If your focus is on anything other than Christ, this is going to be your experience. But it says right here, blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Blessed are those who are on a pilgrimage to God, to holiness, because they go from strength to strength. It says even when they go through the valley of Baca, this dry, dark place, they make it a spring. They have abundance even in the lowest places. If you set your heart on Christ, if you are on a pilgrimage to be who he called and created you to be, you're going to go from strength to strength. You're going to walk in strength, let me, let me tell you how this works in my life. Let me, let me confess to you for a second. I confessed to the staff this last week. You may have noticed I was gone last week. The preaching was a lot better. The guy was a lot better looking. He had better, his hair was nice and slick, right? And I was gone last week. Rick, go ahead and say amen. amen. All right, there we go. Um, I was gone last week, and, and I went on a baseball slash fantasy football. I know I'm really cool. I still do fantasy football drafts. I went on a trip with some friends. Every year I go on a, a baseball trip with a couple of my pastor friends, and the whole goal of it is to, to encourage each other and strengthen each other. And so we got together, and, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but for six days we hung out together, and my focus and my heart were not completely set on Christ. And for six days, it was like, hey, I don't have to preach. Hey, I'm just going to disconnect. And I, I'm not saying I didn't pray, and I'm not saying I didn't read God's word. But for six days, I can tell you honestly, I was not finding my strength in Christ. My whole purpose, my pilgrimage for six days, I took a break from it. And I didn't mean to, but it happened, and it was, it, we were having a great time, and it was a party, and we were hanging out and enjoying each other's company. You know what happened Sunday night when I got back? The devil attacked me. And I sat in my room, and I said, Megan, I just don't feel good enough. What am I doing? I just don't have it. See if our strength is found in our talent. This is where we end up. For six days, I got my focus off, and I ended up here. Listen, if you keep your focus on Christ, you know what happened Sunday night? After I confessed these things to Megan, I went downstairs and I started praying. And God filled me with strength. God reminded me that I don't need to be anybody else. I need to be myself. Amen. And that it's not about me and my talent or what I can achieve. It's about his work in me. You don't have to go through this. If you set your heart on Christ, if you're on a pilgrimage for Christ, if you come to, to worship expecting to meet the living God, you're going to go from strength to strength no matter what valleys you have to walk through. God is good. God has more than enough strength to keep you here. God's supply of strength will never run out. Test him. It'll never run out. Keep your focus, I promise, as long as your focus is on Christ, even in the difficult times of life, 
you'll be living in strength. God's strength will never run out. So our focus needs to be completely on meeting the living God. We need to find our strength and our hope. We need to set our hearts on worshiping God. Verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. The psalmist here says, I would take any position in God's house over wealth and riches apart from God. Charles Spurgeon says, God's worst is better than the devil's best. There's a lot of things in our world that that make you think that they're better. There is nothing better than God. And listen, saying God's worst sounds weird because God doesn't have anything bad for us. But even just being a doorkeeper, even any place you can be in the presence of God is better than anything else in the world. Anything you can achieve, anything you can have, God's worst is better than the devil's best. But I got some good news for you today. We aren't just doorkeepers. The psalmist says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than than live in wealth and live among the tents of the wicked. Here's the good news. We aren't asked to be doorkeepers. We are the temple of God. Listen to what God's Word says. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, you are a temple and God's Spirit dwells in you. 1 Peter 2.5 says, we are living stones being built into a spiritual house of God. We're, just, we're not just the doorkeepers. We are the image bearers. We are the holy temple of God. We can live in his strength. We can live in his power. Verse 11, for the, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, bless, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Why would the psalmist rather be a doorkeeper? Why does the psalmist cry out and yearn for the presence of God? Why does the psalmist have his heart set on God? Because of who God is. Listen to who God is in Psalm 84 alone. Verse 1, you are the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts. You know what that means? That means the God that we came to worship today created everything. That means the God that we came to worship today is over everything. Any sickness, any pandemics, any doubt, any pain, any hatred, God is over it. God commands the heavenly armies. He's over it all. That's who we're here to worship. Number two, In verse 2, he is the living God. We're not here to worship a God of long ago. We're not here to worship a religion of long ago. We're here to worship a God that is with us, continues to work and move, is living today. Verse 3, my king My God, our God is not impersonal, not separated from us. Our God loves us, sent his son to be one of us so that we could be in relationship with him. This is, we don't come to worship somebody else's God. We come to worship my God, my king, the God of Jacob, 
This, is, this means the faithfulness of God, the same God that's been faithful all since the beginning of time. Jacob was long ago. Yes, God is the living God, but it's the same living God that's been faithful all along. Five, our sun and shield. It says here, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper um, in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. It's not just about worshiping God because he's great. He is. But God is our sun and shield. God wants to give us life and energy and love. God wants to give us life. Our shield, if you're going through the valley of Baca, if you're struggling, God is your shield. That's why you go from strength to strength. He's our sun and our shield. And, and six, God is the giver of blessing. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. The Lord Almighty, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. We come to worship the living God to meet with the living God. And it's not a one-way thing. God wants to bless us and fill us with his strength. So the question I have for you today is, where are your expectations? Well, I'm going to have the worship team come up, and, and I got up early today with the intent purpose of we are going to worship, continue to worship together in song. But listen to me. I don't want your expectations for the rest of this service or the rest of this day or the rest of this week to be based on the songs we sing or how the sound is or any of those other things. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take some time and I want to pray with you and I want you to focus yourself completely on one thing and that's meeting the living God. You can respond in a lot of different ways. We want you to praise God. We want you to share that with us. Write it down. Scan the QR code. We want you to share what God's doing in your heart. But more than anything else, I want you to meet the living God. Because if it's about my preaching, that's what it is. If it's about our music, that's what it is. If it's about the living God, God never, never fails us. We sang it earlier. God is always faithful, and God is with us, ready to bless us, ready to strengthen us. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would tune out any distractions right now. I pray that as we worship you in singing, I pray that you would meet with each and every one of us. And I pray more than anything else that when we walk out of this sanctuary, we would walk out knowing that we've met the living God. Love you, Lord. Thank you for who you are, and I want to worship you with all my heart to know you and experience you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?